Hello and welcome to another edition of Chesapeake Hockey Week. I am your host, Scotty Waz. How are you guys doing? How was your week? We are getting we're almost out of January, really? What the hell's going on? Oh, boy. Hey, listen, it's fine. We have stuff to talk about, and we'll get you into that here in a second. We'll talk about Team Maryland. Uh, they had a game uh, at home before the Exeter Showcase, the last showcase of the season. Uh, we'll talk about the Stevenson women who had four games within a span of five days. Towson had a interesting weekend, and uh, Navy's women back on the ice in a big game as well. Some postponements and some craziness going on in uh, the world of hockey in Maryland. But we'll first get started with the Maryland Black Bears, who are uh, were off this weekend, and uh, they will go on to Jamestown this weekend. Games on Friday and Saturday uh, at the Jamestown Memorial College. I don't know what it's called. I don't know what the arena is called down there. Uh, in any case, uh, the big news from this week is uh, the fact that the Black Bears finally have their first rated player on the NHL Central Scouting. Uh, and he was one of four NHL uh, adjacent, or actually I think the real players, and then they had some adjacent players there. Uh, but Luca DePasco getting recognized as the 25th-ranked North American goalie, according to the Central Scouting Bureau, uh, the highest NAHL goalie of the two. Uh, Janesville had their goalie there, and um, he was 27th, not too far down from there. But Luca DePasco getting recognized. Hell of a season for him, 11-3-0. He is ranked second in goals again, second in save percentage. He is having a quite the year. Of course, this coupled with his commitment to Michigan State University, and uh, he will play a pivotal role with the Black Bears alongside Michael Morelli in net to uh, keep the Black Bears uh, going this season. So shout out to Luca as uh, they get ready to go to Jamestown and take on the Rebels. Team Maryland, they were uh, they had a couple games. They had three games this weekend, including one uh, the day as I taped this, but we'll start off in a chronological order. And uh, that started on uh, Wednesday. Last Wednesday, uh, they welcomed New Jersey 87s into town. It was not a not a pleasant. They were gracious hosts as the 87s come in and win five to one on this one. They get three goals in the first period. Uh, Robbie Seawagon getting two of them. The first two, one 426 in uh, even strength, and then on the power play, just uh, past midway, 13:22 into the frame, making it two nothing. And then with under five minutes remaining, Devlin O'Kane makes it three nothing for the eighty sevens going forward. Uh, not a uh, not a not a, not a good time to be had by all. Second period, uh, New Jersey firing on all cylinders. Six thirty into the frame, James Mettler even strength makes it four to nothing on that one. New Jersey just out shooting the uh, team Maryland this in this period seventeen to ten. Gideon Sullivan, who was the top goaltender. Uh, for week 15, and his work cut out for him as the 87s again streaking, getting their hot streak back, and they're firing on full cylinders. Uh, Team Maryland gets back into it, 540 in. Evan Donnelly on the power play. Nice little pass over from Patrick Doyle, puts it home, and that is a 4 1 score line. But then, oh, just 38 seconds later, Devlin O'Kane, his second of the game, making it 5 1, and that's the final in this one. Gideon Sullivan, uh, 33 saves in the defeat. As uh, they, uh, you know, it's one of those deals. It just happens. 
you take it and you move on. You you know you know you got that revenge in your back pocket to go forward. So they uh, they had to shake that off as they go up to Exeter, Mass, in the last uh, of the uh, ex the showcase in the Northeast area as uh, they took on the Valley Junior Warriors to start Sunday afternoon at the Bauer Vapor Rink. How about that? Again, showcases two halves, and uh, Valley getting it uh, early as Jonathan laps on the power play. Just under five minutes in makes it one nothing, uh Valley Junior. And then towards the end, Joshua Danielowski, even strength all alone, Getting it right before the uh, right before the time expired there. I believe that's uh, two ten remaining in the first period to tie it up for Team Maryland, uh, and that's how we get into the break. Team Maryland uh, come out busting in a big way. Evan Donnelly, even strength goal from Brian Tasky, making it two one a minute and two in. But Valley had something to say about that all on the power play as uh, Jonathan Lapsa finishes his power uh, his hat trick all on the power play. As 5.23 in, he ties the game. And then just, uh, man, with 2.08 remaining, puts home his third of the game. And Jonathan Lapsa defeats Team Maryland 3-2 in this one. Team Maryland, a lot of penalties, giving up nine power plays, uh, 29 minutes and infractions on this one. Sullivan, 22 saves in the defeat. Discipline goes a long way in this one. And, um, again, one of those deals where you kind of take it and you, you take your lumps and you go from there. Quick turnaround on this one. They had a game Monday morning against the East Coast Wizards. Nothing happened in the first period. A lot of shots for Team Maryland. They were taken to the East Coast Wizards 25-11 to in this one. They had a little bit of fuel to burn off uh, from last night's game, uh, from Sunday night's game. So uh, they uh, they took it out on the uh, Wizards. Uh, and then it was tooth and nail, even period, 15-15 shots, staying the same. Colin Burke, who gets the call in net for this one, uh, you might remember him from a couple games in Team Maryland as well as a couple games uh, called up for the Maryland Black Bears early in the season uh, during, uh, during a, a sickness, illness situation early in last season for the Black Bears. But Colin Burke on his game, stopping... Uh, this, that, and everything in under five minutes remaining in the half. Uh, Jacob Kaczynski on the power play from Tommy Tracy and Aiden Sabrowski. That's one nothing. That's all they needed in this one as a Team Maryland learned from their mistakes, only getting one penalty called on them uh, in this one. They win one nothing. They go home with a victory heading into this one. Colin Burke, 26 saves in his shutout victory in this one. A good way to end the... Uh, the showcase schedule, which in, in history, Team Maryland has not been great at. This year, they have been very superb. And I believe if, I want to say 500 at the showcases this year, a little maybe a game over uh, or two games over. They were good in the showcases this year, which is usually a uh, not the strong point. However, though, they have relinquished top spot in the South Division as uh, they are now two points behind uh, New Jersey and the 87s, and they also uh, New Jersey has a game in hand on Maryland as well. So a uh, you know not a great outlook, but what can you do? New Jersey's won 14 straight games for Pete's sake. That um, hot streak's gonna get you somewhere. That hot streak's gonna take you from a game under 500 to uh, several games over. So they got that going for them. Team Maryland five five and zero in their last ten. With that win, still putting them in second, still clear of Pro Tech by uh, eight points, if my math is correct, and it hardly ever is. 
but we'll stick to it on that one. So Team Maryland now, they'll play Thursday against the Philly Little Flyers at uh, Piney Orchard. So if you got a chance to go down there, I think it's a noontime start. Take a lunch. Enjoy some free hockey. Free free to get in. Support Team Maryland. Uh, get these guys going again. Let's get uh, let's get Josh Fusco's crew uh, ready to go. Let's get them going. Let's get them pumped up moving forward in the season. We'll go to the Stevenson block, and uh, we'll start off with the the postponements from this weekend, as uh, the men's team uh, they had a, a health and safety issue with their club. Uh, they had to postpone uh, both their games against Wilkes and Kings at home. They will now attempt to try to play Chatham at home on Saturday night, uh, seven o'clock start time on that one. Uh, but no games this weekend for the men. The ACHA men, they also had a postponement. They were supposed to go down to East Carolina, take on the Pirates down there, but due to COVID at East Carolina, couldn't play. So right now they're kind of scrambling for some games. They have home slots for Friday and Saturday. Georgetown is still working remote. They cannot play. They were supposed to play Friday, so there's an open spot there. And also uh, Towson is possibly playing Saturday. That is unconfirmed as of yet. So... Stay tuned for that, but the ACHA trying, doing their best. They have the ice time. They just need the opponents on this one. So uh, stay tuned to all of their social media, and also go to Chesapeake HW Pod. We will retweet whatever we can uh, on the Twitter machine uh, so you guys are up to date with what's going on with Stevenson ACHA hockey. The women, however, they had uh, they had to make their makeup games going on a couple weekends back. Of course, you might remember they had their own little uh, – uh, outbreak or health and safety uh, situation. Of course, no one's saying the Rona, so we're not going to assume. Uh, but they were able to make up those games Tuesday and Wednesday against uh, Nazareth, one of the top teams in the nation, much less in the MAC slash UCHC. Um, but Stevenson held off Nazareth for the most part, even though they were uh, <clears throat> they were worked. Let's not let's not get it twisted. It was a tough road ahead. For Stevenson in this one, uh, they were outshot every period uh, by a, a fair amount in each one, uh, but able to keep it close even though they dropped this one 2-1, to one, get it started in the first period. Uh, on the power play, uh, Stephanie Kubis for Nazareth, 924 in, puts it home, makes it one to nothing. They uh, Nazareth outshot Stevenson 13-2 to in the first period. A lot of work for Olivia DeGuire in this one. Um, so it goes. The uh, things keep on churning as Ali Waltris of Nazareth makes it two nothing midway through the second period. Before uh, not too long after that, a minute and fifteen seconds later, Cassie Campbell pots one for Stevenson, cutting the lead to within one. Caitlin Reed and Trin, uh, Trinity Barkless on the assist tries they might to get the equalizer, they could not, and Stevenson drops this one two to one. To Nazareth, uh, forty to eleven were the shots. Nazareth over Stevenson. Nazareth also, uh, you know, key points to the uh, Stevenson penalty kill because they killed off four of five in this one against Nazareth, who again, I think number two team in the women's division in the nation. So, uh, you know, that's a, that's a that's a good all things considered. That's a good showing uh, when you think about it. Uh, Wednesday, however, they wish they had some of that mojo back because uh, six to nothing was the final in this one. 
And again, just a, a outshot frenzy. Although the first period was a little bit close, thirteen to nine, in this one. However, Nazareth outscored Stevenson uh, two to nothing in the frame. Uh, starting off nine thirty nine into the frame, uh, McKenna Wilgenen uh, pots at home, and she gives Nazareth the one nothing lead. Then Keeley Rose, just under three minutes after that, pots at home makes it two to nothing, Nazareth as they go into the uh, locker rooms. Like that. Then Nazareth just took offensive control in general as uh, they went ahead and outshot them eight to one, and a lot of that due to uh, you know some penalties happening in this one. But uh, next thing you know, Nazareth gets on the board once again, fourteen sixteen. Nicole Van Stralen makes it three to nothing, Nazareth, and then the third period was just uh, not great. A bit of a, uh, you know, you don't, you hate to see it. Fifteen to three were the shots for Nazareth. They potted three goals in that one, starting one of six in Allie Waltris, uh, her uh, second goal of the uh, series, and then five fifty nine. Maria Dekreski, uh makes it five nothing, and then Waltris again with under three minutes remaining makes it six Cobb, and that's how it ends. Thirty saves for Olivia Deguire in this one. Facing 36 shots. Stevenson had plenty of attempts on the power play as well. Uh, counting them up. Two, four, six, seven uh, power play opportunities. Did not cash in on them at all. Uh, again, credit to the Nazareth PK on that one. They're not the number two team in the nation and undefeated for no reason whatsoever. But like Chumbawamba, when you fall down, you got to get back up again. And they did that on Friday and Saturday. As they took on Alvernia, uh, Alvernia comes into town, a better squad than they were uh, a few uh, years ago. Um, and uh, but but for Friday, they were not the better team. As Stevenson wins four to two, getting back on the uh, win column in this one. Started late though in the first period with uh, two thirty-five. Cassie Campbell pots went home. Trinity Barkless and Carly Aguirre on the assist, and then with just five seconds remaining on the power play, Elizabeth Goudreau. Puts one home. Nikki Kendrick on the assist, making it two to nothing as they go into the break. And then getting started early in the second, Trinity Barkless from Allie Gibson and Campbell makes it three to nothing as Stevenson giving a little bit of protection there to uh, to Deguire in this one defensively uh, as uh, Stevenson was the aggressor offensively overall. Alvernia will get one back in the third period as uh, Sydney Bradley. Uh, just past halfway, will make it three to one uh, for Stevenson. But then a, a minute and six seconds later, Trinity Barkless again potting one home from Gibson and Paige Sullivan, making it four to one. And it wasn't until a power play goal with 52 seconds remaining from Azzy, uh, Abby Rissinger uh, makes it four to two. Stevenson, that's how it ended in this one. Deguire with 18 saves in the victory as Stevenson once again gets back on the win column. Uh, no rest for the wicket, though. Turn right back around. And this was a stalwart on Saturday. Uh, this was one. It was a tooth and nail battle, uh, even though Stevenson, the aggressor, once again in this one, uh, out shooting Alvernia 44-16 throughout the game. However, um, the problem was... You know, went go you, you go into overtime, and things happen. Bad bounces happen, and then you lose an OT. Uh, Olivia uh, Galita gets the goal for Alvernia, 
and that's all she wrote. One to nothing in this one. Olivia DeGuire, 15 saves. Uh, shout out to uh, Julia Beaven of Alverna, Alvernia with 44 saves in the winning effort. So, uh, one, one, two, and one on the weekend. Not too terrible coming off of health and safety protocol, coming off of uh, facing a top team in the nation and hanging close uh, for those games and hanging on for some other portions of it. But by and large, a a decent pack on the ice. And now they get back and have to go traveling again. They'll go up to PA, face Kings College for a two-game set Friday and Saturday. And we will see how it all goes down next weekend uh, when we review these games. Towson University back on the ice in what was a very strange schedule for them. So it, it, it looked on the, again, this is all according to the ACHA website, and your mileage may vary how you look at that site. But according to them on the ACHA, it was supposed to be a two-game set uh, RIT in, in Towson at RIT. And something happened where Saturday became a visiting team forfeit on the books, one nothing forfeit. So don't know the story on that. Nothing on the, the the Towson socials. It didn't even look like they they think thought there was a game on the fifteenth. And quite honestly, it's because they they promoted the fourteenth, them coming back, but nothing about the fifteenth. So I don't know what's going on there, or if that will be rectified later on. We'll have to see. Uh, but we'll talk about Friday's game here as they get back on the ice, and it was a fire wagon hockey. It was nineteen eighties hockey. Get your. Uh, Get your old Yofa helmets on, and let's get broomballing on this one. Things got started early for uh, Towson, 645 into the frame. Drew Lustig gets his fourth of the season. Uh, Justin Brown, his 13th assist. And Vinny Karam, first assist. So congratulations to him on the season, getting that done. But the last five minutes and nine seconds of the first frame were frantic in this one. It starts off with Schuler Dillon getting his seventh of the year for RIT to knot it up. And then Tyler Mercier on the shorthanded attempt. Uh, he puts it home for his 12th. Jack Callahan with his 8th assist. But only uh, 13 seconds later, Christian Laura on the power play puts RIT even again. And then with 9 seconds left on the power play, Andrew Short pots one home. And it is 3-2 going into the break. Shots fast and furious, 17-13 in this one. Then RIT kind of took advantage. Um... And uh, scored three goals within a span of under three minutes. Randy Dudig gets his fifth of the year, starting things off at uh, 619. Then 803, Andrew Short, his second of the game, 13th of the season. And then Andrew Short completing the hat trick uh, as he gets his 14th of the season, 901 in. And that would be uh, that would be a little bit of all she wrote for Daniel Ludwig, who uh, yields the crease to James Price after that goal. Towson responded well as 31 seconds after the short hat trick. Tyler Mercier gets his second of the game, 13th of the year, unassisted, trying to get him back into it. And then Towson would score the next two goals, 10-59, Justin Brown on the power play from Zach Wagaman, uh, his sixth assist of the year. And then, man, five seconds later, really, am I reading that like? Tyler Mercier with the hat trick goal, his 14th of the season. Jack Callahan, his ninth assist. And boy, oh boy, Towson only down one again. But Randy Dudig gets his second of the game, pot and home, sixth of the season, uh, making it a two-goal game. And then Chris Laura gets his second of the game, third of the year, 
uh, with under five minutes remaining to make it a three-goal affair. RIT not happy with it. Uh, again, 28 seconds in, they get another one. Tyler Gamble, his fifth of the season, uh, putting that one up. Then Schuler Dillon, 9.51 in, gets his second of the game, eighth of the season, to make it 10 to uh, 10 to 5. Then Drew Lustig gets his second of the game uh, with uh, just after halfway point, his fifth of the year. Justin Brown, 14th assist. Uh, Simone Goslin, or Simon Goslin, his fifth assist of the season. And then to end it out, under three minutes remaining, Dude gets his hat trick as RIT makes it 11 to 6. And that's the final on this one. James Price gets hung with the loss. 21 saves in his short time in net. Daniel Ludwig, 14 saves. In this one, as uh, boy howdy, that was an eventful game on that. So again, we moved to Saturday, and Saturday I guess was a forfeit. I don't know. I'm sure that'll be rectified. You can't like it's hard to just not remember you're staying in Rochester, um, and going from there. But whatever, we'll see what happens. ACHA is wild, y'all. Towson did play on Monday. Then they took on Westchester University. Uh, and uh, they started off quick. 50 seconds into the first, Justin Brown uh, gets uh, his uh, gets a goal, and this is all off the Towson website or the Towson Twitter too, so it might not be as accurate as the, as the score sheet that I was reading prior. <clears throat> um, uh, Vinny Karam and Drew Lustig get the assist on that one, and then not two minutes later, Lustig gets a goal on this one. Derek McKee and Justin Brown making it two nothing early. Westchester then gets one back. Uh, a minute and forty, uh, a minute and one second later, makes it two to one, and then they tie it up shorthanded just before midway point, and then take the lead at ten twenty of the first. First period still frantic. Justin Brown, second of the night from Colin Mercier and uh, Simon Goslin to tie the game, and then Westchester right after that gets a four to three goal. Then Towson again. Justin Brown, Natty Bow Hattie Horn. Under five remaining in the first, Jake Lissy with the assist, um, and we go four to four into the first intermission. Westchester, uh, they get uh, one back, 226 into the second, but then they take a penalty that makes Colin Mercier get an unassisted power play goal, uh, and that ties it up at five. Then Towson getting into penalty trouble as uh, they go ahead, and Towson goes down two men, and Westchester capitalizes on that six to five lead. Uh, and then more penalties, matching minors between Towson and Westchester, and then Goslin takes a penalty on his own. Westchester capitalizes for a 7-5 lead just after halfway point. Uh, and then after a Goslin trip at 2.03 into the frame, the feed kind of just stops a bit, and then we get to a thing where Westchester takes a 10-5 lead on a shorthanded, another shorthanded goal. That is to say there were shorthanded goals previous to that. So as it stands right now, Towson lost 10 to 5 with multiple shorthanded goals against them on Monday against Westchester. That's my story and I'm sticking to it until we hear differently next week when all things are adjusted. But uh Towson a weird week for them but they're back on the ice. They will be uh they will be back again again like we said they uh they are possibly taking on Stevenson on Saturday. And that's a scheduled game. So that's from their initial schedule. So as of right now that's good to go. They're also Supposed to play Villanova at home on Friday. We will see if that gets off the ground as we are less than a month away from the crab pot, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, as I see that, I see their schedule because they got two games against Navy and then probably a third in the crab pot 
So speaking of Navy, uh, the Navy women got back on the ice in uh, against Rowan, and it was a uh, <clears throat> battle of number two and number three in the South Division, and Navy comes out ahead as they take this one, uh, one to nothing in overtime. No word of who scored. No uh, Julia Chenoweth, I'm assuming, was in net, as she is always always there. Uh, reliable goaltender uh, in this one. Another shutout for her. And uh, there you go. Navy Navy wins. Navy gets back on the ice, and they take that one. Uh, they will take on West Virginia at West Virginia uh, coming up here uh, this coming weekend. So we got ourselves a happening going on this one. So they got to take on West Virginia, and away we go. We will get some uh, scores on that next week. We're done with the team, so let's get to some players. Uh, Sam Annis. Had himself a nice little weekend for himself. Again, getting that hot streak going. Granted, the team not going in the right direction. Springfield having a little struggles, but Sam Annis uh, getting some uh, much-needed offense in. He gets a goal on Saturday night in an OT loss against Laval, and then an assist in a 5-3 to loss against Providence on this, putting him at 24 points in 32 games as he is on a uh, five-game point streak as of right now. So, Getting heated up in midseason form, Sam Annis trying to get back to that point-leading uh, performance that we saw a few years back from him. Eric Charpentier, or Carpentier, depending on how you uh, how you slice it, uh, the New Jersey Titans continue to roll. Uh, another sweep this weekend for themselves. Carpentier with a goal in uh, the 3-0 victory over Maine on Saturday. So... New Jersey jumping out to another extended lead. But, again, Maryland has games in hand uh, for this one. So, I mean, if there's a uh, silver lining, I think they got three games in hand. No. Yeah, three games in hand now. So, <clears throat> they got that going for them at least. Uh, Scott Kremen also getting in on the action in the 3 nothing victory with an assist for himself uh, for New Jersey, putting him at six on the year for the Arnold uh, Maryland native. And sticking in Anne Arundel County, we'll go to Severna Park. Anthony Domina uh, for the North Iowa Bulls get called back up to the NA, gets an assist in a big win against uh, the Minot Minotauros in this one. Uh, one assist in the 5-4 victory Saturday evening on that. I guess we'll finish out the set with uh, Anthony Andrew Takis for the Jersey, uh, the Jersey Titans. <clears throat> gets a shutout in the Saturday game, 3-0, 30 saves. Rah, rah, rah. You know, happy for the kid. Um, kind of upset, but happy for him nonetheless. As uh, he is he is helping this team in a big, big way um, moving forward. And they're going to be one to watch. That's for dang sure uh, as we get forward. And, and and they should always be. I mean, they're, they're, a hell of, they're a hell of an organization. What can you say? And end out with Aaron Randazzo, who took on a couple games this weekend, Friday and Sunday. Uh, win on Friday night against the uh, the U18 US the USNDTBDDB, 28 saves in that one uh, to get the victory, and then a, a little bit of a heartbreaking loss on Sunday against Muskegon, two to one in overtime. Made 38 saves in this one, as the game ended with uh, just with 102 remaining in the overtime frame. Uh, so there you go for that one. Randazzo running uh, his record up to nine eight and two on the season that's it that's all we've done it next week we should have more games hopefully um everything willing 
we will talk about those after that. But I thank you guys for joining me. Um, you can go ahead and, and check out all the stuff that we do, or that I do, clutchandcrabhockey.com. Uh, Chesapeake HW Pond on Facebook and Twitter. And, uh, yeah, I'm Scotty Watts. Take care of yourself and someone else. It's been Chesapeake Hockey Week. On uh, the uh, Face Off Hockey Show Media Faction, part of podcastmonsters.com. <clears throat> Maybe something's going on that site soon. I don't know. I bought the domain for five years, ten years. I think it was five years. In any case, it's there. We'll see what we can do with it. Um, but you guys, be well, be good, stay safe, play that clutch and crab hockey, and I will talk to you next time through. Peace.